This week's episode of Silly Talks About Science Fiction is brought to you by cats. Just kidding, cats don't give a f- Hi, I'm Jeff Gritman. And I'm Kristen Kist. And we are the co-authors of a science fiction comedy book series called Prison Dad. About Les Gum and his crazy adventures. Mm -hmm. We have four books out. Three are volumes. One is a collection of other stories. And until the end of July 2016... All four books will be just $2 for the Kindle version yes. on Amazon.com. Uh-huh. Yeah, so go on to our website, PrisonDad.com. Go on to Amazon. You know, search search the prison dad. prison dad. But don't pick those books that are for little kids feeling sad because their dads are in prison. Read our book because it's fun and silly. Yeah, goofy, silly stuff. Yes. Yeah, and then we we put out a bunch of promotional videos for this. Um, mm-hmm. they're all pretty funny, pretty yeah. silly. We got some positive feedback so far on them. So yes, it will be out to the public. And um, I hope you like them. Yeah, we hope that you really enjoy the part where we um, pick up all the Prison Dad books at the same time. <laughs> it really looks choreographed, and it totally wasn't. And we totally made it up about five seconds before we actually did yeah, it. Yeah, we were just yeah. on the fly. Yeah. We're, Acting! We're, yeah, brilliant! So anyway. We're going to start this uh, episode off with mm-hmm. something a little bit more serious. We're, we're, we're going to talk about the future of Star Trek. Yes. So we're going we're gonna to unfortunately talk about what happened to Anton Yelchin. Yes. We're going to talk about... There are new rules for fan fiction films. Yes. Which are kind of... Lawyer-tastic and really abysmal. Oh, it's a good thing we have a lawyer here to help us out. Yes. And uh, then we're going to talk about the new CBS series starting in January and how uh, I don't have high hopes for it. Yeah, the whole idea just seems a little wonky. I mean... Yeah, I well, well, we'll get there. Fine. Sorry. Sorry, buddy. Let's 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 focus on talking about Anton Yeltsin. So, we know Anton Yeltsin because um, you know most notably he played Chekhov in the Star Trek reboots here. Right. You know, uh, so he was going out to rehearse with some friends, and um, something happened. There was a recall with his with his Jeep Cherokee, and it it basically you know rolled down and, and pinned him. Right, and it really made me think that I should go and get the recall in my car fixed too, <laughs> because I've been putting it off. But you just never know. I mean, it's just so sad. It's such a silly accident. Yeah, I shouldn't have laughed. Yeah, but, but yeah. well, I mean, I was laughing because I know you. That's what. That's right. why I giggled. But life but. is ridiculous, and you never know when your time's up. So my mm-hmm. advice would be to just stay in the moment, live your life, be pleasant to other people, and you know, be creative and like Anton was. And yeah. it seems like he really, you know, made a great impression on everybody that worked with him. And, you know, he, I loved watching his movies. Um, I found that he was, I just felt like he was so genuine watching him and really vulnerable. Like, so I, I, I felt he was like a real joy to watch as an actor. He really brought a lot of depth to the characters that he played. Um, and yeah, like a lot of just, just, it felt real. Like there's a lot of various veritasimilitude in his no, performances. Yeah. Well, my, my favorite uh, performance of his was brought, you know, you told me about this, was um, Odd Thomas. Yes. So I, I, I didn't even know there was an Odd Thomas movie. Um, everyone knows, is it, you know, Dean Koontz, um... No, book. um, yeah, Dean Koontz book. Mm-hmm. Um, there's several series. of them. Yeah, book mm-hmm. series. Um, and I, I had read the books before, and I really enjoyed the character of Odd Thomas. He's kind of a quirky guy. He can see dead people. Mm, I see dead people. But not, yeah, but not like the <laughs> Haley Joel Osment. Um, much more uh, goofy. Like, he's a sweet, goofy guy. A little he's awkward, a little, little nerdy. Awkward, yeah. nerdy. He works as like a, a fry up cook in a diner during the day, but he can see dead people and he can also see sort of these evil spirits that he has uh, funny names for um, that sort of are harbingers of terrible situations. Right. So the, um, basically, you know, he's trying to save his little town of Pico Mundo from certain destruction that he can tell is coming because he can see these wraith like creatures. Yeah, that's what he called it. Um, the movie was. It was great. It, last I checked, it was on Netflix streaming. I don't know if it's still there, but it was a uh, it. You know, it's like ninety minutes. And it's just salt. It's just like a. It's just fun, and that's yeah, what we always talk about on the show. We always fun. talk about fun, and but it's also you know it's also very emotionally charged because especially in light of the things that have been going on in America last oh, year, yeah, the, especially the, it that. culminates in a, in a mass shooting at, at a mall, right? You know, and and how Odd Thomas is the one that that ultimately sort of ends up stopping it and stopping mm-hmm. the perpetrators, but you know, but there's casualties and it's it's heartbreaking, um, and it's so scary to sort of be in that moment even when you 
like know what's going on and and you're trying to stop it because you're through odds eyes sort of seeing what's going on right yeah but i love that he made the role so like fun like he was quirky and silly and charming and sweet and he's you know madly in love with his girl girlfriend stormy um and that was a lovely sort of relationship and you know he's really close with the police uh chief and you know just i i just thought he did a really really lovely job of bringing that character to life because i feel like some people if they would have portrayed him probably would have made it come off more like corny or too scary but he just had a lovely balance of sort of taking it very seriously but at the same time understanding that odd is goofy and quirky and could be silly yeah so i I really enjoyed that movie and i really enjoyed his performance yeah you should definitely check it out i I, it had to have gone like straight to straight to dvd because i didn't even know it existed until i I was looking for odd thomas books actually on amazon and it popped up that there was a movie and i was like oh my god i love anton yelchin like so i um i watched it on on demand or prime Prime, and then um and then i ended up buying the dvd because i liked it so much and i and i had jeff watch it and i brought it down for my mom and dad to watch too because they love odd thomas a couple other roles that we want to go over. You know, the first thing I, I was exposed to him in was uh, he played Bobby in uh, Heart in Atlantis. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which is a Stephen King book. Right. So we were saying that uh, I think Anton Yelchin is probably one of the only actors that's ever been in both a Dean Koontz and a Stephen King movie. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, there's certainly more Stephen King movies well, than yeah. there are Dean Koontz ones. But, um, yeah, it's, it's really cool. So, you know, he's kind of really like a sci-fi horror hero because he's been in so many really great things um yeah he was in along came a spider but that wasn't a good adaptation it was okay uh, um but hearts in atlantis was good i mean you got anthony hopkins yep and you know um anton was just a little guy playing bobby garfield who was a um child of a single mom who was just sort of struggling to stay afloat and dating scummy guys and so bobby was spending most of his free time with his two best friends and also with Anthony um, Hopkins character who was trying to get away from some nefarious gentlemen in trench coats. Right. right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, when uh, I love Kirby Enthusiasm. I know it's not sci-fi, but I think there's something that everyone can appreciate with Larry David. Oh, yeah. And so... That was something else I remember him from. He was uh, the little magic-loving uh, cousin of Cheryl, so we had all Larry's grape nuts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he was cute in that. <laughs> really funny. Um, yeah, and then I was going to just talk quickly about Alpha Dog. So um, Alpha Dog's based on a true story, and um, I really thought Anton Yelchin... Um, brought this role um, home, and and he made the movie so much deeper and, and more interesting than it than it could have been. So essentially, he played this young man named Zach Mazursky, who um, this happened in real life too. Um, there was a group of like teenagers in California who were just sort of bored with their lives, and they decide to um, kill one of the people in their group to get drug money. I mean, it was so silly and it didn't make any sense. I mean, because everybody was high and being stupid. But essentially, like, this sweet young man, they kidnap him and he doesn't realize that he's sort of like a pawn and that they're planning to kill him. So the whole time he's just having the time of his life, like, he thinks these people are his friends and he's just enjoying, like, being with them and, and thinking that, you know, they have this great friendship now and the whole plan was, the whole time was just to kill him, which they do in the end. Um, it's really a heartbreaking Spoiler alert. portrayal. Yeah, it's been out a long time, people. So. Um, Justin Timberlake was in this too, and he was also really good as one of the perpetrators of the crime. Um, but it's a, such he's a sad. He's a better actor story. than than I, you know. Yeah. I'm just I like, oh, him good, again. But no, he's he's, he's actually a good actor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, uh, in several of our our shows, we, we've talked about Terminator Salvation, yes. and how we like it. And I love that movie. I thought it was great. There's like four of us that like it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there were some Maybe, good... you know what? I bet you Joe Spence likes it. Because Joe Spence, he likes movies. He sure does. <laughs> and he's so... usually a pretty reasonable critic, although we beg to differ on the new Star Wars movie. Yeah, wow. Okay. Didn't see that coming. Maybe I get <laughs> Joe on the show is. sometime to talk about yeah, that again yeah. in more detail. It's nice to hear other people's opinions, you know. So he played Kyle Reese in, in Salvation. Right, which is so cool because you get to see Kyle Reese as a kid and sort of see where 
what his life was like growing up before he ends up, you know, meeting Sarah. When he's right, going back in time. And, so yeah. it's, it's, it's really sad to sort of see, like, this kid who's living in slums and spends his whole life trying to run away from evil robots, which aren't just Terminators. I mean, there's all sorts of, like, giant machines that are just on the hunt for humans um, and doing everything that they can to, like, destroy what's left of humanity, which is not that much when you're sort of watching it. So it's so bleak and sad and to imagine that, that Kyle still, you know, when he meets Sarah, is still hopeful and, and happy and, and sweet, you know, like that. It, it really speaks to the character of that person. And I thought Anton really, yeah, I mean, I could see Kyle as an adult in that kid because he was still like so hopeful and sweet and just wanted to help people and save people. Um, and he was brave. Yeah. Um, and then willing to like take chances for people that he loved. So, um, yeah, it was, re- it was really cool and it was really fun to sort of see what happens after the evil robots take over. Yeah. We never saw that world. That. Yeah. You only see like snippets of it. Was, like the skulls being yeah, crushed like, by the treads. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. that's all we ever saw. Yeah, and um, yeah, it was great to kind of like like see the world. Like, how are they surviving? And you know, we saw yeah. like the military aspect. We saw the people, and yeah, right. so it was like I thought yeah, Christian it was Bale cool. did a great job. Yeah, he was awesome, and He's, I really liked the other gentleman that was in that movie that played the, Sam Worthington. Sam Worthington that Avatar played the guy. cyborg, but he didn't know that he was a cyborg at yeah. first. He thought he was still a human because he and who played was it Claire. No, Claire Danes was Claire Danes was Rise of the Machines. It yeah. was um, I think wasn't it um Ron it Howard Bryce Stalker? Dallas Howard yeah Bryce Dallas yeah, Howard yeah it was her she um she's a decent actress I, I'll have to say that I think her hair is often the thing that I remark most about in her role <laughs> it's really beautiful um and she's got beautiful eyes but mm, I'm, I'm still on the fence about you know how much I, I like her acting it was not good in that new Jurassic Park oh man. You know what it was terrible in? Twilight. <laughs> Just kidding. Jeff has never watched Twilight. I have. Glad you admitted that. I was going to talk about... I'm pretty sure everybody that listens to our podcast. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you've made fun the of The Village! How terrible oh was that movie? God, oh, no! That is the only movie I ever watched that literally made me want to throw the remote control through the TV. Which is crazy, because I watch movies on my TV constantly, so I would not want to harm my TV. But when I saw the end of that movie, I was so angry. You know? I hope... At some like, future yeah, podcast, freaking kidding! Me. I will I will tell the story about about the village because it's a pretty funny story. But we're not here to talk about the village. Yeah, we're talking about Anton Yelton. Who yeah, was amazing, and I'm really sad. So, um, Green Room came out this year. I think it looks great. Evil Patrick Stewart totally will watch it. Right. So, haven't seen Nazis take a band hostage, and mm-hmm. I've heard that his club. portrayal of the I think he's the bassist or the drummer in the band um, is really outstanding. And yeah. he really shows you know the passion that this young person has for music, but also the fact that you know their band is going to break up. So it's kind of like this sad yeah. situation, and then they get kidnapped by neo Nazis, which always sucks. You know, I can't think like of a situation where it was, nice it was fun. And then, yeah. God damn it, it's the neo Nazis. <laughs> Just ruin everything. <laughs> Go back to anyway. Trump's America. <laughs> <laughs> so back to Anton Yelchin. Right, back we, to Anton Yelchin. So anyway, this the is... The Dripless Arena, we saw... Uh, it was area. Yeah, oh, it was kind of cool. It was, yes, uh, area. Zoe Dripless Bechanel area. Sorry. is a young woman who was accidentally killed um, when someone was trying to just destroy a house for some insurance money or some such evil thing. Um, she's accidentally killed, um, but, you know, Anton plays this young man who can see her and speak to her even though she's dead and so he is trying to sort of help her avenge her death um sort of accidentally yeah totally accidentally he he ends up you know injuring this person for stealing flowers from him when he's trying to hitchhike which was it was a very interesting and odd scene um and it's the guy that's like in every movie which i always forget what his name is i gotta tell you though because he's such the movie pretty much went downhill after that point, though. Yeah, it was a it was an odd movie, the odd pace, but it was kind of sweet. Um, yeah, a little hopeful. A little I'm glad sad. I watched it, but I, I don't need to watch it ever again. No, no, the ending was definitely sad, and that that's it's hard for me to watch, you know, movies with sad endings on a regular basis. Um, so. Except Titanic. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> totally. that, that there was, was for, room on the door. <laughs> that was for Nicole. Cause she made me watch Titanic five million times. I love you, Nicole. <laughs> 
Um, oh, and Fright Night. We totally forgot oh, to mention Fright, Fright Night. Night. Yeah. So Fright Night, Anton Yelchin plays a young man who uh, lives with his single mother, and he is trying to keep um, the evil Alexander vampire uh, away from his mother and uh, prevent him from killing all sorts of uh, people in the neighborhood, including uh, Christopher Mintz-Plassey and one of the guys who played Doctor Who. Um, and it was a by Alexander, David I mean Colin, Colin Farrell. Farrell. We just uh, nicknamed him that because that movie was terrible. Yeah, David Tennant. Um, so yeah, and uh, Tony Collette plays his mom. Which um, Tony Collette's like the best single mom ever. Yeah, she, she rocks that role. She really does. She she's played. She played it in The Sixth Sense. You know, all over the place. She's always right. that mom. But anyway, um, it was. It's actually a really fun movie. I didn't expect it to be because I, I really love the '80s one with Chris Randon. I thought he was like hilarious in that. Um, Colin Farrell's okay, but the rest of the cast is really funny, and especially Anton. Um, you know, they're just trying to keep Colin from killing hapless women that he brings to his house, and from killing Tony Clett and a bunch of other people. And it's campy, you know, not as campy as the eighty-one, '80s one, but still pretty campy and funny. Um, creepy too, but but more fun. I mean, I, I feel like the, a recurring thing with with all of the movies that I've seen with Anton Yelchin is that he brings a sense of fun. Yes, yes, he Even totally. Dog, does. His his role was so delightful in comparison to all these selfish douchebags like Jesse James Hollywood who are perpetrating a crime. Like he was just so lovely and innocent and hopeful. Um, and uh, you know, and then obviously Star Trek. Yeah. So it brings us to Star Trek. He definitely, you know, Chekhov was always funny. You know, he he, he oh, was yeah. he was funny, like because you know he'd be like, oh, you know, Russia this and Russia that, and that was great because it was during the Cold War when this was, you know, but like you know, Gene Roddenberry's vision of the future was that, like you know, these barriers between cultures aren't going to exist, which they shouldn't anyway. Well, okay, true, but and you know, we're getting there. Yes, there's just some. <laughs> There's some Cheeto-looking uh, setbacks there. Ap- ap- mangled apricot hellbees. <laughs> <laughs> That's preventing things from moving forward yeah, in this country right now. So. <laughs> but he said that if he loses, he'll just disappear out of public eye. It's like, yes! 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 <laughs> Can you take your tacky daughter with you so that she can stop making flammable scarves and shoes that rip off Aquazora? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, it was great. It was great in Chekhov. I felt like in the first one, they gave Chekhov a bigger role uh, than just being the security, uh, you know, in charge of the weapons and security and stuff like that. So, um, Right, I mean, he seems one, like a little bit more like a, like a bookish, like he's really smart yeah. and kind of nerdy, goofy, but, you know, over-prepared in comparison to everybody else to, like, go on these adventures. And I loved his accent. It's just so delightful Victor, because... Victor. Yeah, because... You know, it just it's it's funny and silly, but it's not hurtful or mean, right? You know, like sometimes. So he he nailed it. He really nailed the role. That was one thing. Like you know, say what you will about the reboots. There, there's definitely two camps. There's you know, there's I definitely like yeah, you know, they're so much fun. I like the first one. The second, and Into Darkness, I did not like that much. Jeff doesn't want to go into darkness. No, but Beyond looks fun. It looks fun, right? Yes. Doesn't it look fun? What? What are you looking at? Your phone. My phone? Yeah, I just wanted to make sure that I was close enough to it, because some, <laughs> sometimes, as you folks probably have noticed, it's a little hard to hear me, so I'm trying to project my voice. You're doing very well. I'm, I'm really focusing on it. Yeah, you, yeah, you really think about it. Yeah. So, so do we do we recast Chekhov because Ooh. Chekhov is part of the crew? I know. Do we just cut him out? You know, or do they do they kill him off? Because you know, there's going to be a fourth one. Right. I mean, they kind of have momentum going, and this new one's just coming out, and I'm sure it'll do well. You know, the rest of the cast is still there, and they're fun to watch. I, I don't know. I mean, it's so hard to figure out when you have s- someone do such a tremendous performance like how do you sort of handle the story after they're gone sometimes I almost think the best thing is to walk away but in this case you know there's so many more characters you know that no one will play him the way he played no him. they won't no. they won't and you'll just you know I will definitely just miss him and the way that he you know portrayed the role I mean yeah like I don't know like if Philip Seymour Hoffman hadn't been able to finish the Hunger Games like what would you have done they said there's one of those scenes is CG in there Oh, really? him, yeah. Because he, again, like, just was such a tremendous actor and brought so much, like, dignity um, to the roles that he played, even in movies that were kind of silly, you know? Right. Um, we were just but, watching Pirate Radio. Yeah. Right. 
Um, but anyway, Anton, um, you were a beautiful person, and I'm really, really sorry that you're gone. You were only 27. Yeah. It was a silly accident, and you had so much to offer and have done such beautiful things. So, um, you know, we'll miss you. Yeah. We'll force them out for you, and every time I see your movies, I'll definitely, you know, think of you. Yeah, we won't forget about you, buddy. Sad. Yeah. So, that, that concludes part one of this podcast. Here's part two. Right. So, we, we got some... I gotta go pull up this legally. <laughs> we got our <laughs> resident lawyer here right. on retainer. Right. Yeah, so if anybody wants to look that up online, I am an attorney in Pennsylvania. I am currently inactive because my current job does not require me to have an active license. But I did pass the bar exam and... Hey! <laughs> I'm giving a disclaimer. I'm not here to offer anyone legal advice. I'm simply offering a general opinion about why the, term, why the terms are written the way that they were. So what we're talking about here, though, is CBS, Paramount, put out Star Trek fan fiction guidelines. Yes. And so one of my previous jobs, I used to assist with... Um, drafting um, sweepstakes rules and um, and uh, you know rules for con- contests so I'm just sort of gonna run through and um, explain just generally you know and this is generalized you know information right because uh, not it's not it's a little advice. tough to read well right just like anything written by lawyers um, what's oh, do you guys have, get off on that is that what is that what's going no on? no actually <laughs> actually in my current role and in my previous role my goal is um, to write in a way that's clear and concise and straightforward and I try to avoid using legalese at all accounts because I want to write contracts that anyone could pick up and understand that is my goal good and for you so I don't like I don't care I I appreciate that. Well, thank you. Because, like, I, I have a good attention span, and then I start reading these things, and I'm like, oh, man. I know. What's going on? Like, Ooh, a bird outside. Squirrel! I know. Many, many people have told me that my job is painfully boring, and they can't imagine how I can stand it. But, you know, I like reading, and I like writing, so it works out for me. Um, but, yeah. So, essentially, you know, in reading through this... The, the biggest takeaways that I kind of had, you know, were, okay, you know, they, they want to make it clear that um, it's not affiliated with, with CBS or Paramount Pictures. So that, you know, they have all this disclaimer language that they want in here, which that that's okay. I mean, putting a disclaimer in something is pretty standard. Yeah. And I get it. You just, so say you, you're not saying like this is CBS made Star Trek film. Right. It's not. Because you don't, you wouldn't want to have that confusion that but someone still that saying, did something in their backyard. With all this stuff, yeah, because there's still saying you can make them right which that is the coolest part yeah right that's what i thought but everyone's kind of crabbing about but, these rules but i mean the rules are a little bit harsher than i feel like they need to be to really protect their interest you know right what I so mean? so there's a time constraint so the time constraint i'm not really sure i understand why that's necessary except just to sort of i guess inhibit people from you know creating really complex storylines that might compete with you know what cbs and paramount might be working on right. or you know to to prevent people from making mistakes with with infringing on trademarks and copyrights and things like that because the longer something is the more you might accidentally you Do know trample you on somebody's rights so some of that stuff you know i get um yeah having it that it's very clear that it's a star trek fan production again that's pretty reasonable and that's not going to be a hard thing to do no no that's not a, a bad page yeah that's fine um, you know that that it has to be original and not rep- reproductions. Okay, well that's actually intellectual coffee, right? <laughs> but I think you could do stuff like that because to me that's a parody and it's just sort of goofing off. Oh right, it's not, we do a lot of parodies, so yeah, we should know that. Yes, yeah. yeah, it's not it's not like taking word for word like an episode of Star Trek and then having like you know people painted green and playing all the roles but the lines are the same like that then you're really Ooh, and the people that are normally painted green are painted purple right so they then you really are infringing on on copyright arguably because usually it's like what is it seven words or less that you can copy before you know you've kind of 
put yourself in danger of, <laughs> of, of an infringement claim. Right, yeah, exactly. Um, but, so that's fine. I mean, that part I think is fine. And I think most people that are doing, like, fan work or fan fiction are going to be doing their own stories. Anyway, because what's, I mean, what's the point of recreating an episode that's already gone on unless you're just, like, being a super nerd and doing cosplay in your backyard, which, more it, play to you, but you don't have to tape that. It's funny <laughs> you say that, because I've been reading about that movie Raiders for years now. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's a documentary, actually, in theaters right now about it, and it was these kids that made a shot-by-shot recreation of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, wow. Yeah. Apparently, it's... Like, I've seen bits and pieces of it over the years, I never saw the whole thing, obviously, because I probably would just watch Raiders of the Lost Ark instead of yeah, watching same. the... Watching some goofy kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but, but, hey, no, but see, seeing a couple scenes here and there, but, you know, it was great. And you know what? It's I cool. bet you they love doing it. And that's cool. I mean, that is most of the reason why you should be doing, like, fan art or fan fiction is because it's fun to do. Yeah. And you want to be able to share it right. with other people. But I once agree. you try to make a profit off of it, mm-hmm. unless you're like, E.L. James... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, you know, it's a little tacky. Nah. So some of the some of the rules here about like you can't you can't sell this. You can't like you know create these fan works and then force people to like buy tickets or buy merchandise. And that again is really about intellectual property rights law because they don't really have you know it's a very limited license that they're giving them here. Essentially, is what it is. So they can't um, you know profit from creating these things. And that that's typical. You know, in infringement cases, a lot of times it's fine until you're making money off of something. Right. So that makes sense. Don't sell something that's not yours. Yeah. Yeah. So it's Star Trek. Don't sell it's not yours. Right. This part about commercially available Star Trek uniforms, that's a little corny. Like buy, you have to buy the official merchandise so CBS makes some money off of you. That's what I thought about that. I mean, I can understand My mom was so be so in that stuff for us. I know. Like, I can understand how, I guess their idea is just that they wouldn't want someone creating something that's like less quality but i have to tell you half of the stuff that i feel like you can buy in stores that's like official and like you know from the manufacturer that's like tied yeah it's garbage crap and if if someone spends you know time in creating their costume it it probably is going to look a lot more authentic than the crappo ones that you can get at like you know a costume store store i even have a good example of this is that years and years ago um i bought I bought my wife Angry Birds, like, toys. Like, little stuffed Angry Birds toys. And this is, like... There was no Angry Birds merchandise. There was, like, the one game out. Maybe Seasons was out, too. But there definitely wasn't the influx that there is out there now. And then I was in Walmart a couple weeks ago. And there were, like, the same toys but they weren't they were mass produced and they were you know made made somewhere else they weren't like you know i feel like the ones i have were like hand sewed like these were like garbage compared to the ones that right i got her and i feel like like if you watched any other shows on like the sci-fi channel where people are into cosplay like the one where they're making their own costumes like they're people making spend years their, yeah oh yeah and they're beautiful oh yeah and, like so detailed whereas if you go to like you know, uh, one of those Hollywood, or I'm sorry, one of those goofy like ho- Halloween fantasy stores to get like a Star Trek outfit. It's gonna be some crapo polyester thing that's like one size fits all, so it's not gonna fit you nicely, and it's gonna be cheap and fall apart. And it's like, okay, fine, you're making some money off of it, but you know that that part I was kind of like, guys, I don't really, I don't like that rule. I think you could have lived without it. Um, and then. I didn't like the part about how they couldn't use actors or, you know, people who would be compensated for um, portraying a character. I mean, I, I guess their concern is probably with, like, SAG cards and things like that and what responsibility they might have to a professional actor. But at the same time, I mean, look, if you know, someone that played a character, like a marginal character in, in Star Trek, wants to be in, like, their friend's production. You know, I'm sure Will Wheaton has friends that are doing, like, fan stuff and would ask him to, to play a role. Like, what is the harm in that? Especially if, like, they're giving him, like, a hundred bucks or, like, you know, some beer. That I don't really get. <laughs> I can understand in general that they probably, they have a concern probably with, you know, if anybody gets It's injured, a union thing. Right, and how yeah. this is all tied together. So there probably is some legal back backing up for it, but at the same time, I feel like that's kind of harsh. Um, yeah, no charge, that's fine. 
why it can't be distributed in a physical format. I guess just because of the concern of making money off of it. But I mean, if you want to rip some, burn some DVDs for your friends, like, well, I don't understand. It's 2016. Put it on YouTube. Well, that too. Yeah. Right. You, you can, if you verify your YouTube account, you can post something that's an hour long. I know this because our 20th podcast was like 59, 59. <laughs> <laughs> and then the weirdest part to this, I yeah, kind of think, go. is you know that it has to be family friendly and suitable for public presentation. Because if you we're going to come back to this, though, it, we're going to come back to yeah, this point. Why though, do when you we, care? We get to I, mean, I guess I understand if someone was doing something pornographic. Like when I used to do our rules for contests and sweepstakes. Oh my, where's this create, going? Create oh, their own. Start with porn. No. <laughs> <laughs> when we allowed people to create their own content in order to enter a contest, we would always have language like this in it. But that's because you know the you know the company that I work for, like they you know they value their brand and they didn't want it taught like because we were running the sweepstakes of the contest, so our name was all over it. You know, so you didn't want someone creating something where it was you know pornographic or vulgar in some way, and then it's tied to your company name. But if you're doing fan fan created stuff and you're making it very clear that it's a fan created thing and you want to drop the f-bomb <laughs> I, 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 i'm not i'm not really sure i understand what the main concern is you know what's funny about that is that last week we talked about um sex and science fiction mm-hmm. and we there was a big chunk of the podcast was devoted to star trek Right was about you know with, with all you know some of the, like the the big highlights like there was so much that it could have been an entire just podcast on sex and Star Trek right but and this this thing even says like you know no depictions of drugs alcohol and tobacco like what? alcohol come on. yeah ten forward people come on that's a little much what about quarks yeah ridiculous uh, I don't know right threatening and hateful I mean I just think that goes a little bit far I could see you know if they wanted to make it really clear like no nudity or pornography because uh, all right fine but the rest of it i'm kind of like if you can't make money off of it and you're really just making it for your friends and you make it really clear from the beginning that it's a it's a fan work it's not tied to paramount or you know cbs i don't i don't really think that that's as harmful as you know cbs yeah. Is that our segue? Um, I guess, you know, and I understand that they can't register their works because, again, it's this is a license to use, and it's a very limited license to use, you know, Star Trek. They're still letting you make Star Trek films. Yeah. Anyone. We could make one as soon as we finish this today. Right. Totally. But um, anyway, you know that's that's sort of like the big picture and what I. Took so there's away your breakdown. If you're if you're yeah. if you were confused by the languages, I was kind of scratching my head sometimes. Kristen really really covered it all right here. So if you have any questions, I, I'm not going to offer legal advice. Yeah, we but can't provide, do that. You know, I'm just <laughs> providing like a general understanding of of what why you know they might have included some things in there that are a little problematic for people creating stuff. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you can go and have fun and make your you know fan productions and maybe i guess show them on youtube and yeah YouTube and then you can put them Which, on i mean i think people were doing that anyway though. why wouldn't you yeah but i think they just want to kind of regulate a little bit more yeah but a i mean more. a lot of the stuff that they put in the guidelines is basically like intellectual property rights law like you if you yeah. do those things and you are infringing so you know you couldn't do that anyway um but anyway that's just my fault yeah well thank you oh you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk. Um, let's talk now about the new Star Trek series and talk about what we what we know about it. So here's what we know: it's coming to CBS, and then it's going to go on the CBS app. We're gonna have more detail later, but let's let's first have let's air some grievances about CBS. Now, yeah. back on our Ghostbusters podcast, we made a fake little promo in the beginning for Dragon Cop <laughs> dispensing justice. With a dragon. Coming to CBS for six episodes this fall. Or summer. This summer. Because in the last ten years, CBS is the worst place for science fiction. It really is. It's terrible. It's, it's a shame. If we go back to 2006, we had a show called Threshold, which I was into, and they didn't give it a shot. And uh, I think we all had to like pirate the, like, the last like, five episodes that never, that never aired. And it didn't, never had an ending anyway. It was basically about uh, there was a Navy ship out in the Atlantic and beings showed up that was, like, existed in like four dimensions. Beings! <laughs> 
and it gave everyone on the ship like powers, like Ooh. strength, but also made them really angry. Oh, yeah, yeah, angry, grumpy, and uh, basically wow. possessed them, but you know, made, gave them like superpowers and stuff like that. So mm, dangerous, yeah, pretty dangerous. And then like the team was like, who was on the team to stop? Was it Peter Dinklage? Oh no! If it's not, I'm gonna get in trouble for that. I'm gonna cut this part out if it's not. Ah! <laughs> and it was Data, and it was. You know, it was a lot of familiar faces on the team to, like, you know, stop the aliens. Right. And stuff like that. Uh, so the Threshold was a great show. Uh, you know, we really liked it. Then, um... Two years later, CBS tries to get back in the science fiction game with Jericho. Everybody loved Jericho. Jericho was about, there was um, a ton of nuclear explosions around the, the, the country. And then, you know, we, we had, um, like, this little town of Jericho was, like, unaffected by everything. No one had electricity, obviously. But it was kind of, like, in the middle of all this stuff so they could see the mushroom clouds. And it was Peter Dinklage. Yeah. Booyah. And also the guy that plays God in Supernatural, wasn't it? <laughs> Sorry. I so wish Supernatural was on CBS, because then it would have gotten canceled. Oh, but God it sang the Lewin Davis song. <laughs> it actually, actually, the CW is is under CBS's umbrella. Oh, yes, true. So Jericho, you know, there was people when it got canceled. People kept sending peanuts to CBS headquarters. Peanuts, that's fun. And then they gave it a second season, which was great. And then they left it at a big cliffhanger. And never did anything else with it ever again. Aww. Yeah. Very tough. It's not fun. Uh, so then they waited three years to get back to the sci-fi game, and they had a person of interest, which just finished its last episode last week. Uh, I saw every single episode of the show. I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, they really, really were trying patience with with this last season. Like they aired the episodes, but man, they were airing them. They'd air them like Monday, Tuesday. They air them like Tuesday, That's Friday. So I hate when they do that. But you know what? This is why we have DVRs. That's true. I mean, you know? people don't really watch, like, right. your TV anymore. And we're going to get to that point. Yes, yeah, we're going to get to that point once we finish talking crap here. I know. And then, and then uh, two years after Person of Interest, they aired Under the Dome. No! <laughs> Listen, Under the Dome is an awesome book. It took Stephen King years and years to write it, which is very unlike Because the King. Simpsons movie came out where they put the Springfield under a dome. He's like, no, I had that idea first! Yeah, he started writing it in, like, 1977. And yeah. And put it away. Yep. And he finished it. And his book is really fun, really creepy, really just about how evil people are. And it has a really fun ending that's kind of like a Twilight Zone episode. Um, I don't know what the F they did to this TV show. Because <laughs> I tried to watch it. I actually watched all the episodes. Until oh, we I did. Got, we watched you know, them all. Until the end. And then I made myself watch the last one, but it really made me want to punch my television. Um, it was horrible. I don't understand. None of the characters reflected the characters in the book. You know, they were vague representations. It went off in these weird tangents that had nothing. There were no, you know, aliens didn't come to Earth and do things. It, there were aliens in his book, but it was not at all this weirdness with body snatching and crap and... I just, ugh, the acting was atrocious. The people that they chose for the roles were weird. Um, except for that awesome guy from Breaking Bad. But they didn't let him, like, in the book, Rennie is so evil and so despicable. And because this guy was on Breaking Bad and he was, like, everybody liked him on Breaking Bad, I think mm. they tried to retool the character so that yeah. he was a little evil in the beginning, but then he was, like, a good guy at the end. And I was like, this. But not- I never got that. Like, as I watch him, like, I'm like, wait, am I supposed to like him now? Because I still don't. Yeah, well, he, in the book, you absolutely know that you're not supposed to like him because he is a murderer and he's, like, peddling, you know, crystal meth to the people that he's supposed to be, you know, representing. Um, Typecast Chester's, much? No, just kidding. Chester's Mill. Because he was um, the DA agent trying to find the yeah, crystal meth. Anyway. Right. Anyway, um, no. The no. show was a train wreck and last, like season i don't even know what the heck was going on and then the final episode was so horrible it was really bad it was terrible it yeah and if you just pick up the book yeah if you don't do anything else you can read a recap of it i think it was on io9 and it's hilarious oh yeah that was great each scene and how absolutely stupid it was um but yeah Yeah. go read the book the book is really pretty good um but this show was horrendous so the following year after Under the Dome aired, they, they hit us with, with two sci-fi shows. The first one was uh, called Intelligence, and it was basically the $6 billion man. But with Sawyer. With Sawyer. And, uh, I love Sawyer, but I totally had never watched this show. 
Oh no, we. I don't think we finished it. Yeah. I think as soon as we learned it was canceled, I think we just deleted them all off the DVR. It, yeah. It had cool concepts, but then it was like there was like twenty minutes of each episode devoted to the same stupid thing. Like, no, get him out there and use his powers. <laughs> don't just sit around a room and be like, "I love you." No, I love you. No, I loved you more. No, no, no. Kick some tail. <laughs> So Intelligence sucked, and it got canceled pretty quick. And then came Extant. Which was so cool when it started. Such a good idea. And the production value was good. Yeah, the, the production value was great. Good. Yeah, it was Halle Berry's was... Well, she couldn't have a child. She goes to space, and when she, she's up there alone for, I forget how long, a while, and when she comes back from space, she's pregnant. Right. Dun, dun, dun! But she was all alone yeah. on the ship, so everybody's like, how did that happen? Yeah. And her husband is that hottie from ER, um, and they have a robot kid. <laughs> yeah, they have a robot kid. Who is kind of evil, but you kind of felt bad for him, but, you know, it's kind of like AI. Um, so those concepts, those are good concepts. Yeah, it was cool, and it was scary, and it was creepy, because the government was involved, and you didn't know how much they knew, and if they put her up there to, like, have this and happen. And some flashbacks, you and, see, like, this alien, like, it looked right, like her, looked like, like, her, her ex, ex. Yeah. and, like, coming to, like coming oh aboard, like, he's just floating outside of the so, space station. Yeah, so that was kind of, like, contact, except actually good and scary. Nah. Like, you know, um, yeah, there were, like, so many interesting ideas, and it was creepy, and very sci-fi, but then it, like, completely fell apart. Yeah, I don't I can't even tell you. We didn't. We never even finished the first season. No. We were just like, this is no. Yeah, we I like, gave it a couple more than you sense. did, and yeah. I just then there was a second was season, sad. and then it got canceled. Yeah. So sorry about that. It was too bad because um, it started out really cool. I think maybe it was like the writers or something on that that just couldn't get their stuff together. But it, well, I hate throwing writers under the bus. So maybe writers are the real heroes. I'll have you know. I know. But Ryan I think Reynolds the writers are getting. Too pressure from the network well right but that's what happened with the second season of true detective it's like you have to let people have time to think about things so that they come up with cohesive stories actually stephen king was talking to george r R. martin about this the other day that you posted (laughs) up on facebook which if if you haven't seen it and you're fans of either of them check it out it's really funny and cool um poe is on me we we have cat here um because cats cats they don't don't give a Um, but Poe does pose a sweet cat. Um, anyway, as I was saying, um, you know, Stephen King, you know, George R. R. Martin asked Stephen King, how the fuck do you write so fast? Which was awesome. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Because they're probably totally diametrically opposed. I think I got the, the link off they... of, I either got the link off of Blaster or io9. I don't remember. Yeah, I think it was Blaster. It was, was Blaster. It Blaster. Blaster was So essentially, you know, I already knew this, but Stephen King writes around 12 pages a day. He, he usually writes for four to five hours every day, including holidays. Um, he is a machine, you know, and he's done that for years. And George has a slower process, obviously. <laughs> Poor George. Is it 2,000 words a day? Uh, I think so. But it's, it, yeah, it's roughly like 10 to 12 pages. But he'll, he'll sit and he writes every single day at his desk for, you know, four to five hours. Even when he was very badly injured in that, in that uh, when he was hit by the car, um, as soon as he got back home, his wife set up a little card table where he worked. Um, so he takes it super seriously, and it's a part of his life um, every day. Um, and that's just his process, which is super cool. And because he does that, he's been able to br- put out at least one book every single year for, like, my entire life, which okay. is crazy. Right. And b- big books, too. Right. So anyway... But... Right, no, no, no. So but I was just writers saying, getting pressure. Right. right, he was saying that you know he was talking to J.K. Rowling and also talking to George R. R. Martin about how your fans will always pressure you to write as fast as possible because they want to read more, which is great and cool. But at the same time, like you have to give people time to get through the creative process so that they're creating good stories instead of just recycling crap or you know writing right now real quick and not taking a lot of time to reflect and edit, which you need to do. That's all I was trying to say. Anyway, the interview was cool. You should listen to it. Yeah, check it out. It was far more interesting than most of the episodes of Extant. <laughs> <laughs> so other, we had two more two more sci-fi things from CBS. So so far we're we're you know with the exception of Pose Person of Interest, everything's been a bomb. 
Um, Limitless, I heard, is good. I never saw it. Yeah, I heard it was good, too, but I never saw it either. Uh, then Supergirl Supergirl was a solid show. I've, I've talked about it many times on, on here. It, it really is a great show. Um, and I think it's actually, with it going to the CW, I think it's actually going to get, like, a, a home where it belongs mm-hmm. with the rest of their DC-themed, like, superhero shows. Um, I, I think that's going to be good. I mean, they're going to cut the budget on it, but as soon as I started on CBS, I immediately said, like, nope, not going to last more than a season on here. And I was right. So that brings us to Star Trek again. Right. On CBS, you know? <laughs> so they're going to air the first episode of Star Trek on CBS. Yes. And then they're going to move the remaining... How many episodes? I the remaining most of them. Yeah, right? so they're going to remove they're going to move the remaining 12 episodes yeah, of the show to their app. So not only are you paying for cable, which let's face it, no one has get no one gets a cheap price with cable. It's, no. No, because they have to pay their content providers and you have to pay them and you know, you're also paying for support and you're paying for a ton of other things. Right. So we're already we're, yeah, yeah, you're already paying, we're a, paying lot a lot of money. Now CBS wants us to pay even more money to watch a show. Right. So this is going to you know, let, let's just say that fans of Star Trek probably know how to download a TV show. Right. I mean then the thing is, if it was like six dollars for like a number of good shows, but as we've just went gone through with you, CBS is not going to be producing any other good shows. <laughs> <laughs> it's fairly fairly easy to see. <laughs> they, they had a good show this season. What they do? They turfed it off on another network yeah. <laughs> that they own, but still. So like... you're basically paying six dollars a month just to watch Star Trek, really. So your your options are, you know, do you wait till it's over, pay the six bucks, and blow through it at once? That's what I would do because yeah, right now, it, it right now, apparently, I think I read that they they would be putting them out weekly. So you would be paying six dollars, and then you would. You know, you'd get like four episodes for six dollars, right? If they did it weekly, yeah. So over right. the course of three months, right? As long as they had them stored somewhere that you could watch them all at the end, that might make the most sense if people are patient to wait. It's the age of binging. Sure. I would love to binge on some new Star Trek. You know? Yeah. So yeah, that's fair. Um, but that's maybe that makes sense to do it that way. Now, we're what we're looking at here is that you know we're, we're dealing with you know just streaming service only. Um, piracy could be big. And if you pirate this show, if enough people pirate this show and they don't pay for the app, it probably won't be a season two. Yeah, I mean, unless they have some other sort of plan that they just, you know, HBO does not really discourage people from pirating Game of Thrones. And I think that their idea is just because they really want people to watch Game of Thrones and they want, you know, people to buy the merchandise. That That's what it is. It. They make more and money in the want, merchandise than, sure than the do. subscriptions. And, you know, get people to be talking about it and, and so that their property and their, you know, the things that they own are more valuable in the marketplace. Right. But, um, you know, I mean, it's interesting to sort of think about what the end game is for some of these producers of um, content that's specific to, you know, a network or a company. I mean, you know, you got Amazon doing their own shows, you got Google doing shows, you got, you know, cable companies creating their own content that is proprietary to them or taking over networks oh, yeah. so that they can, you know, have some ownership over the, mm-hmm. the content that's um, good. Yeah, it's good. to Great sort point. of drive people to, cause you know, if you can only get this from getting the CBS app, some people are going to buy the CBS app just to be able to watch the show. Right. And so, you know, it's, it's a weird kind of monopoly thing and I don't know how long, you know, it's not, it's not technically a monopoly, but it is a weird kind of, you know, you can only get it from one source in the marketplace. And then, then what happens to it? Like, for example, like, will it show up on Netflix? Uh, probably. I think that they're, you know, they're probably required at some point to make it available in different In, like, different venues. formats, like, yeah. a, like, a, like a DVD format, and then that's, right. at that time is when it would show up on, right. like, a streaming service like that, or Hulu, or Prime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would think so. I believe that's sort of required. So here's the other thing. So well, when I said earlier that we were going to come back to something, I was going I was going to talk about how you know they want to make these family friendly. You know, oh, they said like all fan fiction should be family friendly, but they already came out and said that because this new Star Trek show is going to exist on the app, that they're going to be able to make it more edgier, and they might be like light profanity. And I got to tell you, as a hardcore Trekkie, I'm not really into that, and I curse a lot. Yeah, I don't know about how I feel about Captain Kirk dropping the F-bomb. Yeah, exactly. Just would seem really out of place. So the rumor is that it's it's pre-Next Generation, all right? Oh, okay. So, it, but it's probably 
post, you know, Kirk's time. Okay. Uh, it's not going to feature the Enterprise at all. Okay. Um, but that, that's all we know. Probably because they don't have anything written yet, which kind of worries me. Because you should have a plan in place. Right. Yeah. I this mean, is coming I from someone like... who, this is two people that I outline and Kristen does not outline. <laughs> no, but I think I've spoken about this before. My method is really, and I, you know, Stephen King says this as well. I feel like the story is already there. And yes. I'm more like an archaeologist that's, you know, chipping away and then filing away and then, you know, dusting away to get down to the bones of what that story is. And the more time that I spend doing that, the more detail and the more sort of complicated the story can be that's just how I see it but I don't like to know the ending when I write my stories because I I like to put my characters in situations and see how they'll react and that's that's fun for me no it's I know I get it. Fun it does me. make it fun um, now yeah. what's interesting here is that I wonder what else is going to be on the CBS app is it just no going idea. to be it's like maybe all that of Ghost Whisperer, which is probably the only show that I really liked on CBS, and even that one went totally off Wait, the rails. Are you sure that was on CBS? Because that should have came pretty up in sure. my search. I'm pretty sure it was. Interesting. I wonder why that didn't come up. Um, I was just looking at it online because when I looked up the <laughs> science fiction on CBS, I got exactly the answers that I wanted <laughs> when I read that terrible. list. Yeah. <laughs> So I gotta say, um, I'm not, I'm not super looking forward to this, this whole thing with the app, and with CBS having another sci-fi show that I want to watch. I, I, you know, and already paying an arm and a leg for cable, then I have to pay for something else. Right. I'm not into any of that at all. But it's Star Trek, and I'll probably watch it. How do you feel? Probably um, watch it when I pay for it. Yeah, or, <laughs> or like later when it's all out on yeah. Like, yeah, Netflix or like cable or something like that. I'm not I'm certainly not gonna pay extra money to watch it. Now I will I'm gonna go see the movie in the theater. Yeah, we'll go see Beyond. Yeah, yeah. That's fun. But the show nah. I'd rather honestly just watch the ones with JLP again. <laughs> watch that I like those. Yeah, but that's just me. Alright, so that concludes episode twenty nine of Silly Talks About Science Fiction. And as normal, you know, go check out our books at prisondad.com. Check out our other podcasts. Mm-hmm. You know, check out... Check out uh, our website and just mm-hmm. look at all the fun things that we have up there mm-hmm. about Games. our appearances at places and stuff Merch. and things. Yeah. And our merchandise and the game. We have a game that you can mm-hmm. play on there to figure out which character you most like and... You know, so fun. remember, all of our uh, e- ebook version of all of our uh, books will be two dollars until the end of July, two thousand sixteen. Two dollars. I want my two dollars. <laughs> so we'll, um, you know, keep us posted if you like it. You know, let us know. Yeah, let us know A what you think about feedback. about the new um, CBS Star Trek reboot too. If you have anything to say about that. Yeah, I'm sure more details will probably come out by the time. Yeah, that's fair, but we're just, you know, trying to be ahead of the game. And, uh, you know, and, uh, yeah, and if anybody has anything else to share about Anton Yelchin oh, yeah, and his guy. wonderful career in life, um, feel free to comment. Yeah. Um, or, you know, send Still us an then. email, whatever. Tweet? Tweet. Even yeah. We have to get back on tweeting. <laughs> I think we got a couple new ones since I said that. Yeah. So that's good. Oh, good. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. I appreciate Thank that. Thank you very much. I feel like I want to be on Twitter just so that I can, like, comment things on Donald Trump's Twitter. Nah. But then he'll probably, like, assassinate me. One more time. What was it? Cheeto face? No, no. it was a mangled apricot. How did it go? Mangled apricot. Well, they also called him a, a jizz trumpet. <laughs> and, uh, let's see. And a cockwomble. <laughs> And shit gibbon. <laughs> and uh, oh, a mangled apricot hell beast. Yes. Yes. This is what the Scottish people were calling him this week when he tweeted that, um, you know, congratulations to Scotland for leaving the EU. And then all the people in Scotland corrected him by saying, we didn't, you cocksplat. <laughs> <laughs> so until next week, when we hit our 30th podcast and we will be doing made up science fiction porn parodies Woo-hoo! we'll be playing a game we'll do the video also again so until then live long and prosper yes and um enjoy your life take time to <laughs> enjoy your life and be with friends there you go 